Hi, this is Adina, here with today's episode of Wonder Your Way to Brilliant, podcast show of Courage to be Curious. This entire year of 2020 is dedicated to exploring and asking productively curious questions. Honestly, there is no simpler or better tool to facilitate positive change in our lives, relationships, and in our workplaces than learning to ask and answer more productively curious questions. So let's dive right in to today's question and today's full episode. So once again, today's question does not come from the Live with the Courage to be Curious deck or the Love or the Lead deck, but they might as well. It might as well come from one of those decks. It just seems that now that we're in this time of COVID-19, many of us are quarantined at home or staying at home in order to help keep others and the world safer, that it's, you know, creating a lot of disruption in our life and also here to maybe reveal certain things to us. And so the question that I want to pose is, you know, as we think about what we're doing, what is the, the question is, what is the relationship between this self-quarantining and this self-preservation and self-care in this way with the health and well-being of others and the world? What's the relationship between our own self-care and self-preservation and the well-being of others and of the world? So big game-changing question, <laughs> you know, seeking to really get productively curious. And as I've had this on the mind, I recently picked up a friend's book that was on meditations. And it has all different days in there. Whatever, this particular section had this quote from Herman Hess. And I took a picture of it. It really struck me as being so apropos to this time and perhaps the fuel for the question that I just asked. Whether you and I and a few others will renew the world someday remains to be seen. But within ourselves, we must renew it each day. I'll read that again. Whether you and I and a few others will renew the world someday remains to be seen. But within ourselves, we must renew it each day. And of course, Herman Hess did not write this in the midst of COVID-19 and, you know, not in these times. And his context for that quote was likely very different than how it landed on me as I read it now. But I really took this to heart, whether you and I and a few others will renew the world remains to be seen. And we are certainly in a time that if one of the things this pandemic is revealing to us is our interconnectedness, is the fact that there is no separation between me and you, right? Somebody in the far reaches of China or in Italy is inextricably connected to me and to you and to everyone in this country, and that we as neighbors or colleagues are connected to one another. It's easy for us to forget that point on a day-to-day basis. We're in our own lives, we're in our own space, in our own school or in our own organization or in our own families or all those things. And it can become very easy to imagine 
that we are separate, that we are distinct, and to lose sight of the interconnectedness. And if one thing that COVID-19 is showing us and reminding us about, it's that we're not. We are simply one. And in this particular case, not only are we one in terms of transmission, that what happens to one or in some part of the world, you know, will be connected and can spread to the other. The same is true of the reverse, that in order for us to get on top of this, for, other, for us to eventually get to the other side of this pandemic, requires all of us, right? It requires all of us to participate. Because as soon as some people don't participate, we can't get to the other side. And so when it says whether you and I and a few others will renew the world someday remains to be seen. We certainly hope so, but we don't know because it does require a lot of people working together. It then says, but within ourselves, we must renew it each day. That the part we have control over is our own renewal of ourselves each day. So will we care for ourselves here? Will Will we care for our physical and mental well-being and our spiritual well-being. Care for ourselves by staying safely inside so that we don't become carriers of a disease that could infect somebody else. And then also within this space of us spending a lot more time inside or away from our usual activities, will we care for ourselves? Will we make time for our spiritual well-being every day? Will we make time for our physical well-being every day, some sort of movement or exercise and those kinds of things that are performed in a safe way? Will we eat the foods that are nourishing our body, that are strengthening our immune system? Will we continue to get enough sleep? Because again, interestingly, right, the level of our own self-care our preservation of our health, our physical health, not only matters to us, it matters to everybody who could come in contact with us, be touched by us. Not becoming sick actually becomes a way of helping to preserve the whole and of taking responsibility for the overall well-being of everyone. The same is true of our spiritual and emotional well-being. We've all been in conversations, and I can certainly get drawn into them as well, and sometimes I can even be the instigator of them, of those moments of panic, panic about the pandemic itself from a health standpoint, panic about the lack of health resources, panic about the fact that, you know, as a country, at least in the United States, We're not unified politically as to how to manage it. Panicked about finances. I can go to all these places with the best of them. So I can do all of those things. The question is, is how much do I allow that energy? What space do I allow it to occupy? And this preservation and care for our emotional and spiritual well-being So how do I remain emotionally stable and strong here so that I don't spread the pandemic of anxiety and of stress and of worry? And that's one of the purposes that within my mailing list, I'm sending out meditations for our times every few days, is giving people an anchor of something to do at home that can help 
bring the nervous system back down into a calmer state when it can be activated in all kinds of ways all day long. So if you're not on my mailing list, you want to go to couragetobecurious.com backslash the podcast or go down to the homepage in the bottom third and sign up. And then every couple of days, you'll be getting a new meditation that are specifically designed to support stress relief during this time. But our caring for our own emotional well-being, just like a pandemic, helps to keep everybody healthier, not just us. And then our spiritual. So our spiritual well-being can really be challenged significantly during this time. You know, just like I imagine in biblical times where it was like, how do I believe in a God, right? How do I believe in a God who whether it's biblical times or historical times, you know, allow something like the Holocaust to happen or allows for genocides to happen or allows for famine or allows for all of these things. So, you know, that allows torture to happen, that allows children to die. You know, there's all these kinds of big spiritual questions and moments like this definitely provoke them inside of us. What else is out there? How, how could a God or you know, a universe that is supposed to be founded and grounded in love allow these kinds of things to happen. It's, an, it's a spiritual question that's, you know, as old as time. Because our sense is to kind of want to believe that God energy, universal energy is synonymous with love in the sense that we see it and understand it and that we would want to experience it. And so it can make it difficult for us to make sense of big, difficult things that happen in a spiritual context. In a spiritual context, and so this is certainly one of those moments. Uh, reading a story where one doctor loses a mother, two sisters, and a brother to the coronavirus, as so she's fighting it every day. Well, where is the justice in that? And on the spiritual front, so what are some of the offerings? One is, I do, if you haven't read the book or heard of the book, the classic by um, Rabbi Harold Kushner, When Good Things Happen to Bad People, is certainly a classic um, text that's been around for a long time of trying to grapple with these kind, with kinds of situations where tremendously painful and difficult things happen um, to good people. And I also think for me, what has helped in terms of reconciling this spiritual question has been seeing what has been happening to Mother Earth during this time of our human pandemic. And what it's made me realize is that the chaos and the suffering that we're experiencing is the human experience and tends often to be the only one that we're thinking about. And if we put ourselves in the shoes of Mother Earth right now, rather than in our human shoes that may know somebody who is sick or may know somebody whose parent is ill or you know, any of the other number of things that are happening out there, but if just for a moment we allow ourselves to transport and put ourselves into Mother Earth's shoes and we say, what is she experiencing right now? And images that have come out from China and from Italy with rivers that are suddenly running pristine and crystal clear blue that have not run blue and clean in 50, 60 years, where you can see fish swimming in them. Canals in Italy where swans have returned to swim, where nobody has seen swans for decades. 
or satellite images. First, it was the satellite images over China, and now it's satellite images over China and the U.S. that are showing already a discernible difference in greenhouse gases in just this period of time. For me, this sense of just the remarkable power, the power of self-healing that Mother Nature contains, that even in this short period of time, and with our laying our hands off of things, that she can restore back to her health and her, to her beauty and make it happen so quickly. It's just an extraordinary thing to me. So in our human experiences, we are suffering and we are struggling and we are you know, experiencing all of these difficult things and the quarantining is uncomfortable or inconvenient and you know, shutting down weddings and graduations and you know, all kinds of things. As we jump into those shoes of Mother Nature, perhaps she's finally feeling some relief from the oppressive environment that we've created for her for decades and decades and decades. Maybe she's finally breathing. Maybe she's finally sighing relief. Maybe she's finally reclaiming what is really belongs to her and not to us even though we've usurped her and her beauty and her majesty for so long for our own benefit. So, you know, as we're in this place of figuring out what to do, like not only are we connected to each other, not only is this, do we see the spread, you know, something that happens in one part of the human world spreads to the next part of the human world. And not only do we see that, you know, what happens, our own caring for ourselves, keeping ourselves safe and not spreading harm to others and all those kinds of things has a global impact. You know, the action of each person has a global impact on other humans. It also demonstrates that interrelationship to the earth that we can never forget that we, we can never believe that we are separate from her. And certainly we have had people who've been talking about climate change and global warming and what we're doing to the earth for decades. And as an entire humanity, not individuals, but as an entire humanity, we've not really listened. And so what if in some of this time, part of the work that we're doing is we're paying attention to listen a little bit more. What if as part of um, within our, ourselves, renewing ourselves each day, is we allow ourselves to listen, to listen more deeply to our relationship to others, listen more deeply to our relationship with ourselves, listen more deeply into our relationship to Mother Earth. And we take some of this time to really listen as a means of renewal. Because whether you and I and a few others will renew the world someday remains to be seen. Whether we emerge on the other side of this into a newer version of an economy, a newer version of a humanity, a newer version of global interconnectedness and relations, it remains to be seen. And, and. And that process begins within ourselves every single day. It begins with what we are allowing ourselves to rest upon, to think about how we go about asking important questions or which questions we answer and how we go about answering them. 
and how we renew our own mind, body, and spirit each day. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. If you want to experience the full game-changing potential of the questions we explore, be sure to add your name to our mailing list at www.couragetobecurious.com. Our subscribers receive weekly notification of the podcast, along with specific tools for using these questions on a daily and weekly basis to create positive and powerful impact. As always, the questions we explore on the podcast can be found in our Live, Lead, and Love with the Courage to be Curious card decks that are available at liveleadlovecourageously.com. And if you are interested in harnessing the power of productive curiosity for your company or organization, contact us about scheduling a professional development experience. In the meantime, keep wondering your way to brilliant.